What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Asian MMA Podcast, where we talk about everything and anything going on in the world of Asian MMA. And this episode is brought to you by a lack of transparency in the fight game. I'm Dana Bluen, and today we're talking about the recent announcement from One Championship that they'll be launching an agent certification program. This whole announcement it was definitely a head scratcher for a lot of people. It, it came just a week after one made their huge announcement and they made a big splash by announcing that they were going to be launching their own studios, one championship studios to make movies and shows and work with uh, distribution partners like YouTube and Netflix, you know, to create content with their fighters and give them additional avenues to revenue and to sustainability and so to then the next week come around and talk about, oh, you can only be managed by people who we say are okay to manage you and who we certify what was a bit strange. Now, on the surface, the underpinnings of the certification program, they do seem reasonable, right? They want to protect the fighters and they want to, you know, what they say in their press release is that they want to look out for the fighter's best interest and make sure they're not getting ripped off. But then you look at the very first point on the, on the certification, it's that they currently are a resident in Asia for at least one year. And then the rest of the ones are no prior criminal record, no history or current or current ongoing matters of legal or lawsuit activities with any athlete, a minimum of 10 years related experience in martial arts, and uh, must possess a college or a university degree. You know, you want your agents to be educated, to understand business. You want them not to be criminals. You know, that's a good thing. You don't want them to have a history of lawsuits, yes. Uh, Ten years in the martial arts industry seems a bit strange. And then also, you know, they have to be a resident of Asia. You know, a lot of those things start to... To not sound right to me. Now, Chatry would go on to explain in a couple of his social media posts that that really did lack any significant detail that this program was being put in place because of issues that they've actually had in the past year. Several of their fighters have gone through legal battles or have been ripped off by agents, and you know, but that they would also consider making exceptions to the criteria on a case-by-case basis. Again, that's a bit strange. You just come out with this criteria and you're already willing to make exceptions to it. Now, I came across an article from Low Kick MMA um, where they, were, they had some comments from Chatry that go into a bit more depth about the stated motivations uh, for a certification program and one's willingness to make uh, exceptions to the criteria depending on you know the background or the history of, of the agent and i'll have a link to that in the show notes so i want you guys to be able to read that and read uh chatry's comments in the commentary there now again on the surface it all looks okay on the surface it looks like it's being put in place for the benefits of the fighters and if that's the case, if that is the only motivation, that's fantastic. If your only motivation is to do right by the fighters, the people who put it on the line for your promotion every week, that's great. But, but it, it does raise some questions when you, you start to scratch a little bit below the surface and you start to 
think about some of the issues. One of the comments in the, the Low Kick MMA article that I, that I want to quote here directly, and for me, this starts to throw up a few red flags, and this is the quote from Chatry in the article. We started with Asia because if there's an unethical agent, it's very easy for us in Asia to seek justice because we have strong government and business relationships all over the continent. Again, even if this is motivated with the best of intentions, the best of intentions, that quote alone sounds a bit thuggish. Maybe I'm taken out of context. I don't know. It's just the way it comes across to me. I think it would come, I think it wouldn't come as a surprise to, to anyone, you know, to know that the type of the behavior that Chatry talks about from managers and agents is actually very prevalent in Asia. It's not like he's making up a problem to solve. That, that is a real issue, especially here in Asia. And I'm in Thailand. You hear the stories all the time about Muay Thai fighters who get locked into these crazy deals that are 20 years long or, or lifetime deals with agents where the agents are taking the majority of their, their winnings. That, that's actually a real thing. It happens, and you do see it in the news, especially in Thailand. Now, maybe the, the U.S. doesn't know about that. It does happen there. I mean, we all know who Don King is and you know Tyson's whole story and some of the things that have happened in, in boxing and in the U.S., but... It is a real thing in Thailand. Not all agents are like that. Not all managers are like that, but, but it is a thing. So it's not that far out in left field. But the biggest issue comes from all of this. It's that, you know, one has had, you know, too much control over, too much control and influence over the fighters and, and the way they do business, both in and out of the organization. And, you know, there's a clear lack of oversight and transparency, and that just makes the waters a, a bit more turbulent. You know, and one of the other things to think about, even though there are all these stories of of managers and agents treating, taking advantage of fighters and treating them poorly, it cuts the other way too. There are a lot of stories of promotions who have taken advantage of fighters or not paid fighters. Uh, there, there was a, a promotion. I can't remember the name of it now off the top of my head that that flew in a bunch of fighters from from around the world in Korea and no one got paid. No one got paid. You know, they they put on the show and then the promoter split didn't pay anyone. You know, that that is not uncommon. You know, that a a promotion, especially a new promotion will show up and and split and not pay people. And then you have the, the other side of the coin. Of course, we've never heard about one not paying their fighters the contracted amount of cash. You know, they've always you know, been flush. But I've also known other promotions that have taken a loss just to cover the fighters' salaries because they understand that you know, they're working for them you know, and it's a big risk. And you know, if you don't get paid, you don't eat. So it goes both ways. There have been promotions that have been involved in shadiness as well. You know, so it, it's a big mess. Now, I, I was thinking about this situation. I was doing a lot of research and reading what some other people were, were writing. You know, and sometimes it's, it's tough to cut through what's PR and what's actual journalism, you know, and, and try to find, you know, the right 
try to find the content that, that really cuts through it. And I found this fantastic article by an MMA journalist named Anthony Walker over on Sherdog. He dives in even further than, than I'm going to go in this podcast. It, he does a fantastic job. It's an opinion piece. It's a straight op-ed, but his, his opinions are, are really based on fact and, and research. And he highlights some of the big conflicts of interest with the program being, you know, enforced and in instituted by the promotion. I'm going to link to his article uh, down in the show notes. You guys have to check it out. I'm also going to link to his Twitter. He shares a ton of great information about MMA. So I, I would really recommend that you check that out as well. Again, those are going to be in the show notes. So you can find that there. Now, Anthony points out in his article that. U.S. sports organizations like the NFL, the NBA, the MLB all have some type of agent certification program. They all do the same thing. They look at the criteria and they, they come up with who's going to be able to represent agents based on, on this. And they have to go through this program to get certified. But as Anthony points out in his article, those standards are not set by the league themselves. They're set by the Players Association to ensure that it's in the best interest of the players, not the organization. So something like a players organization clearly doesn't exist. It's clearly missing from the equation in MMA. Even more so, we're further away from that in Asian MMA than the West is. I mean, the West is trying to make small incremental moves. It's not even on the discussion block in, in Asia. So don't worry about it. It doesn't exist. Um, but that doesn't mean that the promotion should just step in and enforce these standards, should step in and institute this program. It's clearly a conflict of interest and the overwhelming lack of transparency in the way one operates makes it that much more concerning. They don't have to answer to anyone. There are no commissions. Their referees are employees of one championship. Their judges are employees of one championship. Uh, their matchmaker is Demetrius Johnson's coach, and he's signed to one championship. So, you know, th there's so much conflict of interest and, and, and so much lack of transparency that it does become concerning. Again, even if it's the best intentions, even if the idea for the program has 100% purely good intentions to the fighters, the lack of transparency and the layering conflicts of interest make it an issue. Now, recently, I've been working on another piece, and I spoke with uh, several fighters from one championship who told me that their contracts actually require them to promote the sponsors of one championship, of the events, of the promotion, without any further compensation. Now, if that's true, if that's true, that in itself is something that an agent would fight against. An agent would advise you not to sign a contract that includes that because you're, you're devaluing your role as someone who can represent a brand because you're doing it for free as part of your contract. So I don't know. It, it seems like if you're the, also the one certifying the agents and they require you to do so, they have to be in your good graces to be able to do that job. It, it's a level of control and influence over the entire situation that I would be uncomfortable with. Now, like I said, the sentiment of the agent certification program seems all well and good. 
Um, and the, the application and enforcement of it by a promoter raises a whole lot of red flags for me. Uh, the lack of transparency, whole lot of red flags. Uh, and the process of how it's applied, just, again, tossing up red flags left and right. I look around and that's all I really see. You know, and the fact that they're already talking about making exceptions to a policy they've just implemented, they just put in place, and they want to now make exemptions for those rules to let certain people be agents, or they're willing to do that at least. They're not, they haven't said they've done it yet. It has me wondering. Now, at this point, I look around and I wonder, you know, why are not more people talking about this? You know, I, I saw a few blips. I found Anthony's article. I found a few other things. But for the most part, it's really kind of just water under the bridge. You know, at the same time, when you're putting on a show every week and there's a huge press announcement every week, it, it, it's easy to see how things slip through the cracks. Now, at the end of the day, I think one has done a lot of good, a, a lot of good for MMA in Asia. And, and for the fighters who are assigned to them, to be honest, they've given them a platform. A lot of positive things have come out what they've done since they started. And I do think that Chatry has done, has taken a very innovative approach to running an MMA promotion, a fight promotion, by running it like a tech startup. And I, I commend him for that. I think that's been fantastically innovative. He's got an investment from Sequoia. The things he's done have shown progress in a lot of ways. But there's always this looming air of distrust with the promotion based on a lot of their actions, to be honest. And this agent certification policy just sort of adds to that, sort of thickens that air. Now, at the end of the day, this is just my opinion, right? I want to know what you guys think. What do you think about the agent certification program? What do you think about it being instituted by the promotion that the fighters fight for? You know, do you think it's a good thing? Do you think it's a bad thing? Let me know. I want to hear from you. And that's all I have for you guys for today. So be sure to check out the links in the show notes. Again, Anthony's Anthony Walker's article in his Twitter are all going to be linked down there. I want you guys to check it out. Uh, it's opinion. It's an opinion piece, but like I said, his opinions are really based on solid research, and I think his opinions are worth reading and, and really thinking about, and then using that along with what you know to come up with your own opinions on this, because there's really no right and wrong answer because of the environment we're in, because of the the state of play. So let me know what you guys think. And until next time, check it out.